Hey guys, this is Jenny, uh, the producer for this week for Arkansas AdCast, and just wanted to give a heads up on this episode. The first 10 minutes were not recorded due to me. Um, they'll never invite me back, but we just go straight into the news, so really didn't miss anything besides us just chit-chatting with each other at the beginning. So uh, this is going to open up straight into our news topics. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening to Arkansas AdCast. Well, let's dig in. Speaking of Dan Wright, how's that for a segue? There we go. Uh, we're going to talk about another another speaking opportunity he had this week. Uh, we'll kick off the show with an exciting update on legislation that Arkansas Farm Bureau has been working on for several years, uh, the state meat inspection program. Earlier this week, Governor Hutchinson was joined by the Arkansas Ag Department uh, producers and uh, Arkansas Farm Bureau at the state capitol to celebrate a keystone moment for Act 418, which became state law in March of last year. The program has officially been approved by the USDA, making a monumental market opportunity for the state's livestock and poultry producers. Act 418 was developed to address the need for additional processing in the state, a point that was amplified by the pandemic. Before this legislation, only three of the state's processing facilities were USDA certified, and now that number has doubled to six. As the governor and, and more working on that on that process uh, as the governor pointed out on tuesday this new program will allow for more processors and new market opportunities for cattle ranchers across the state arkansas farm bureau secretary treasurer dan wright spoke at the event and noted how big a deal this program is for arkansas producers saying that consumers are increasingly interested uh, in purchasing locally produced protein and this law uh, allows that to happen uh, Representative Deanne Vaught of Horatio was also there. Uh, she spoke and, and led the way as a sponsor of the legislation in the House. I believe Senator Ricky Hill led that on, on the Senate side. She added the specific benefit of food banks and senior citizens, uh, or some sorry, food banks and senior centers having the ability to offer local protein. I think there were representatives from the food bank there as well. Uh, just really uh, a great opportunity for yeah. livestock and poultry producers all around it was an important important announcement that uh we've been waiting on and you know it's it's good to see that program up and going yeah so, for sure so moving from uh the meat to some crop news 2022 crop year has been a time of fairly high commodity prices but also record mm -hmm. high input prices and this has led to a lot of discussion about how to make farm programs more responsive to a changing financial landscape where mm -hmm. things are happening pretty quickly. Uh, Brandy Carroll from our Commodity and Regula Regulatory Affairs team and a former guest on this show. Yeah, I know her. Uh, has produced a report on this issue and the ongoing discussions around margin protection considerations for the 2023 Farm Bill. Um, in fact, it's going into something called the Ag Insider. I'll okay. talk about more about that in a minute. This is the first one, but uh, we've got it together. Some highlights from her analysis. USDA recently reported that 2022 represents the highest year, uh, highest ever year-to-year -year increase in production costs, with farm production expenses increasing 18% in one year. High commodity prices mean program payments uh, are less likely to be triggered in most cases, and farmer margins, revenue after expenses, will be very, very narrow. Discussion of the 2023 Farm Bill and how best to address the needs of farmers has already begun, which is, again, what prompted this analysis. Mm -hmm. uh, as Congress considers how to support farmer profitability and ensure U.S. remains uh, food secure, Arkansas farmers have an opportunity to have direct input in the drafting of the Farm Bill. 
Uh, Senator John Bozeman is the ranking member of the Senate Committee uh, on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. He, and along with uh, Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow, recently sent a letter to Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack and Mm -hmm. the Risk Management Agency, uh, USDA Risk Management Agency's Marsha Bunger, requesting, and I may be brutalizing that name, I don't know, (laughs) requesting the agency look at the ways to accelerate the expansion of margin protection tools or similar products. Uh, Senator Bozeman's counterpart in the House, Representative G.T. Thompson of Pennsylvania, the ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Mm -hmm. has suggested the creation of uh, Title I margin protection programs for row crops like that of the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. Okay. Uh, He's seen the benefit of the program for farmers in Pennsylvania and has encouraged consideration of expanding the program. Uh, Current our uh, current American Farm Bureau uh, policy supports the continuation of a countercyclical program and a revenue program, uh, giving farmers the opportunity to evaluate which programs benefit them the most and to choose which program in which to participate. Again, this is an important issue, ongoing mm-hmm. discussion. It's 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 technical stuff, but it's important to the farmers mm-hmm. uh, and something that you know Brandy has spent some some time on, uh, and, no doubt. and she explains and lays out the issue. Uh, her full analysis is the first, again, as I mentioned, in the new series we're calling Ag Insider. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are going to be monthly reports from our commodity and regulatory affairs team. Uh, they'll be available on the ARFB.com website. You can just go down there. There's a drop-down menu at the top uh, mm-hmm. for Arkansas Agriculture. You'll find commodity and regulatory affairs, and that's where you go, and you'll find these a link to these reports. This one's going up later today, in fact. Okay. So, nice. uh, again, look for them. They'll be... Uh, linkable on there and again it's going to be some good analysis from our experts here on these issues that that really matter to farmers and ranchers yeah so probably not for the for the layman no. for the no, for, for the general audience I mean, is that what fascinated you by that yeah uh, yeah but uh no this is i mean this is what our experts are here for to take a look at these issues that are impacting our farmers okay. and ranchers yeah and to get to the heart of that and provide some analysis and context that, that will help our help our farmers as we, you know, again, because we're, we're creating policy that has to go up to the national level and they need to understand these big issues. Yeah. And that's what we're, this is just our effort to provide them the tools they need. Right. Right. Do you have to be a farm bureau member to get this ag no. insider? No, you do not have to be. Okay. Yeah. You can go to the website and just access it there, but we encourage you to join because it's of now easier. You'll find a nice little button right, at right the top. there on the website. Right yeah. at the top. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for that. The breaking uh, breaking news, or I guess preview before yes. it is ever live for anybody else. That's good intel. Uh, all right. Most years, Arkansas producers appreciate a dry harvest, but uh, this year those dry conditions are extremely, uh, very extreme across the state, rather. Uh, as of this morning, all but a handful, a uh, small handful of counties, I think eight maybe, have issued uh, burn bans, and that number is going up really by the hour. So uh, it could be higher now. The entire state is rated with at least a moderate risk of wildfire. Uh, we also reported last week that some areas of the state are in D2, which is severe, and D3, which is extreme, uh, drought stages with no rain in the forecast until next week and that that's just a chance of rain Uh, the dry conditions have also impacted river levels in and around the state which is having a significant impact on barge traffic the arkansas democrat gazette reported this week that the mississippi river was negative 8.01 feet near 
Memphis, which is within the 10 lowest river levels in recorded history. Of course, this is impactful. And by the way, that was on Monday. Um, So, uh, of course, this is impactful to producers because the river is the largest export channel in the U.S. for grain exports. Uh, Low river levels have significantly reduced barge traffic and in some cases uh, have resulted in vessels being uh, stuck in low spots on the river. I saw a little graphic today. Did you? Yeah. No, no, no. Please do. A graphic of the river and all the barges stuck along that are the stuck. river. It was pretty amazing to see all those yeah. X's where the barges are. Yeah. On Sunday, we came across the Arkansas River at Dardanelle, and that port, there was probably a football field between the first glimpse of water and the um, yep. port right there. So, uh, tough times. The result is, I. so w- what does all this mean? Obviously, we're talking about low river levels and and your point about barges being stuck well the result is a higher price to move grain down the river and inputs up the river uh with anticipated delays added on we have to remember we're not just moving grain out of the country but we're moving inputs in uh getting ready for for fall storage uh usda's grain transportation report this week noted that shipping rates have been on a steady increase since august and the St. Louis barge rate is 95% higher than the five-year average. Uh, don't have it in here, but I'll add it's about 60% higher than this time last year. Um, our own Chad Hooten, uh, he's out speaking. Uh, well, he spoke to a meteorologist yesterday. I think he's with a producer this afternoon right. uh, to share more about the impacts of the low river uh, situation. He'll, he should have that story up tomorrow, he said. Um, so... Yeah, just really uh, it's one of those another that challenge. Blown up this week. Um, you're, you've seen a lot of coverage of it, and we had to get out there and talk to, you know, some farmers about how it's hitting them. And it's fascinating also to get the weather perspective on that and when yeah. or if there's going to be any relief. And really, it's going to rely on rain up the river. Yeah, um, it's a lot, lot involved here, and it's a and a, a lot like when we talked. I mean, can you believe this is the second time we've covered drought? since july right on this show i mean and that's just i mean it's crazy that we're back in a d3 drought like we were two months ago back then we were talking about the impact that's you know still being felt by livestock producers and now we're having issues with uh, just getting you know it's it's harvest season and this the timing couldn't be worse for all this yeah really i mean it's 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 just been tough so anyway uh keep an eye out we've got some reporting on this as as do other folks and and uh we'll be bringing that to you uh in the next day or so anyway let's step away from the news for a minute to learn about our annual farm bureau membership Arkansas Farm Bureau membership supports our work on behalf of Arkansas farmers, ranchers, and rural communities around the state. From youth leadership programs and academic scholarships to hunger relief and disaster support and much more. You can make a difference and be a champion for your community. Join today at ARFB.com. Did you know your $40 annual ARFB membership contributes to the work being done in your local community? A good example would be the Women's Committee in Sharp County. They're currently collecting old blue jeans made of cotton for recycling into a second life and keeping textiles out of landfills. Join or renew at ARFB.com and start making a difference in your community today, supporting efforts just like that. You know where, I, you know where we found that information? Where did we find it? Someone has been adding... 
Membership Matters Monday. Oh, oh man. Uh, we obviously already butchered try? this initiative. It's Make It Matter Monday. Make It Matter Monday. Yeah. It's uh, all promotion. It's happening before state convention, which theme is Make It Matter. So yeah. we're going to showcase people every single Monday that are doing good in Farm Bureau. Yeah. yeah. Farm Bureau people, uh, local people in their communities making yeah. a difference. So tag, tag us um, if you're doing any of that mm-hmm. and feel free to use that hashtag, mm-hmm. Make It Matter. Yeah. We'll, we'll do. Time to uh, move on a little bit, but I have another interesting survey to talk about. I seem to gravitate gravitate toward these surveys. You do. Uh, I, I like know, it. I have a survey radar. It's the trivia person in you. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, this is one is from Purdue University, and it's reported on um, in successful farming. The phone survey of farmers and ranchers is just part of uh, Purdue's ag economy barometer gauge that they uh, I think they do on a monthly basis. It's about the farm economy. This one shows that many are slowly adopting cover crops, but mostly to improve crop yields and soy health. Soil? Soy health? Soil, soil health. health. Yeah. Well, you know, soy health. Wherever you're based at, Soil health and not for cri- climate-related carbon sequestration reasons. Farmers' usage of cover crops appears to be increasing, with 57% of respondents reporting that they use cover crops on at least some of their farmland, wrote agricultural economists James Mentert and Michael Langen- Langemeyer. Uh, they oversee the barometer at Purdue. A year ago, 52% of producers said they currently planted cover crops. And this year, 26% said they had never used cover crops, which is down slightly from 28% last year. Wow. So again, there's, there's an inching up there. Um, but although some, more farmers said they planted cover crops in 2022, there's a little change from uh, the previous year in the amount of cropland involved. Half of farmers said they sowed crops, uh, cover crops on about 25% or less of their land, and 27% said they had cover crops on up to half of their land. Newcomers with five years or less of farming experience were the largest segment, 40% this year versus 48% last year. Okay. Uh, a combined 70% of growers said they utilized cover crops to improve soil health and reduce erosion. Just 5% chose carbon sequestration when asked for their motivation behind Mm -hmm. uh, using cover crops. Now, cover crops have gotten a lot of attention as a possible way to earn money from carbon contracts while mitigating climate change. But carbon markets, you know, they're still fairly new. And uh, this summer, there was another survey. I think I I talked about it here. Uh, Again, love the surveys. About 1% of producers questioned by Purdue said they had a... a, um, Contract. Carbon contract. Carbon yeah. contract. Yeah. Now, the common complaint there has been that the payment rates were too low. So, still still a lot to work out on that end. But right now, the slow move to toward cover crops is really being motivated by other factors. Yeah. You know, the erosion and the soil health and those issues. Yeah. Yeah, the dollars dollars have got to make sense. Um, but that's just so. an interesting uh, snapshot and, uh, you know, why farmers are doing some of the things they're doing and how they're doing it but yeah that's love what to I love see about it. the surveys so love to see it um that's that's really really interesting and, and and interesting to see the growth um growth as well we covered a story back in winter uh the potential for uh, the first that i've heard of a uh, cash crop cover crop converted to a cash crop right. with yellow peas down yellow peas, in uh, shea county so who knows well speaking of crops and harvest and Things of that nature. Uh, well, I'm going to round out my day. I guess you probably still have another story yeah, here. But uh, the dry weather uh, about, you know, the dry weather does have its its benefits when it comes to harvest season, allowing farmers to get so much done 
in such a short amount of time. Uh, keeping fields clean and rutless. I made that word up for this uh, oh, for this nice. story. Yeah, sounds great. Congrats. Rutless without ruts uh, a mm, long way. Mm. Uh, let's get an update on harvest progress. Uh, I think we predicted last week that horn that the corn harvest would be uh, complete within a couple weeks, and we're getting there slowly but surely at ninety three percent done. Only a five percent increase over this time last week. Uh, almost all cotton bowls are open. So it's a great time to be traveling the east side of the state and the Delta, seeing those seas of white uh, since only 20% have almost all of it's open and only 20% has been harvested. Just be respectful if you do get out to take uh, photos there. Um, we're up to 36% of peanut crop dug and 7% harvested. So I want to take back up something I've said the past couple of weeks when I said dug was the the word used for harvest, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but I can't find the difference. I, I need somebody to tell um, tell us. Doug is uh, when you use but a USDA track is tracking Doug separately than harvested. So I really don't know. I'm really confused. I'm questioning maybe, everything now. Maybe Doug's a person. Yeah, yeah it's also maybe, it's yeah. a show on Nickelodeon, yeah. so oh, okay, we don't know the direction it's gonna <laughs> take. You know, nearly all the rice crop is matured, and three quarters of it has been harvested. Soybeans are moving right along with. Uh, over 90% colored and, and about 75% dropping leaves with still just 5% harvested. Uh, cotton quality leads the row crop pack with nearly 75% good to excellent. Pasture quality is dismal, as we might expect, with only 15% in good shape as a result of the drought. We'll continue to keep an eye out and report back here. Remember, please give extra time, be extremely patient, and think of farmer as you travel through the back roads in rural communities of Arkansas this fall. All right. Thank you for the Doug update. Yeah, sure. Um, Happy to share. You people know. are going to think um, we're so stupid. We're, <laughs> well, I have a few uh, interesting notes uh, as we wrap up today. Uh, it was a big week for the Arkansas Century Farm Program. On Monday, the Arkansas Department of Agriculture inducted 37 farms from 25 different counties into the program. The Arkansas Century Pro, uh, Program, Century Farm Program recognizes Arkansas farms that are uh, 10 or more acres and owned by the same family for at least 100 years. Uh, it's, a, it's a great program. Governor Asa Hutchinson and Secretary of Agriculture Wes Ward addressed the families during a, a special induction ceremony at the mm-hmm. state capitol. Uh, they were presented with signs, which included their farm name and the date they were established. Uh, you know, some of the counties, it was 37 farms. They were, you know, from everywhere from Arkansas County, Baxter County, Benton, Boone, Carroll, Clark, Cleveland. I mean, it's an impressive big list uh, of century farms. I yeah. think that says a lot about the history of agriculture. That's so cool. In Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, closer to home, we have a little bit of news, too, here in our office. We're welcoming a new employee in the Commodity and Regulatory Affairs Department. Tyler Oxner has joined the oh, Federation. Welcome, Tyler. Welcome, yes. Tyler. Hey, that was the last line here. I was going to say. Oh, oh my no. goodness. We Sorry. took it right out from under Sorry. you, didn't we? I don't get to welcome him now. But Tyler. <laughs> You're now officially you know, welcomed. Tyler has joined the Federation as Director of Commodity Activities and Economics. He'll provide economic and regulatory guidance and be the staff coordinator for the organization's Aquaculture, Forestry, and Wheat and Feed Grains Commodity Divisions. Uh, he's a native of Marvell in Phillips County, where his family still farms. Yeah. Oxner. Comes to ARP after working with Scott Agri Crop Marketers, where he helped farmers manage marketing risk while evalu- evaluating commodity futures markets. Uh, he can give us tips on the commodity markets, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we, 
have him down here to talk about that sometime, I think. And yeah. helped, uh, he helped manage client relationships across four states. He also spent four years with Rabo Agrofinance, assisting farmers with their business structure and financial analysis. He holds a master's degree in agricultural economics and an undergraduate degree in agricultural business. Both of those from the University of Arkansas up in Fayetteville. Yeah. Welcome, Tyler. Uh, so there you go. You got it back. So glad you welcomed him. You got it back. Um, well, cool. Yeah, glad to have him. He's been, we've seen him around in a few meetings today or this week, and I know we've already got a headshot for oh, yeah, him. He got thrown right line. in. Like, oh. he's, he's in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, Miss Higgs. Do you yeah. have any uh, this day in history for us? I do. Um, Rob, is your brain ready? I don't know, though. I, you <laughs> know, Are you I, I your brain fading? What's I did that? so. I did so much. You know, I feel like I can only embarrass myself after last time. I was. I uh, don't think so. Last time was enough for me to go. You know. You know enough. Yeah. All right. I actually offered to to grab these things for Jenny today, and she's like, "No, you guys can't see them. You have to. Yeah, guess. Yeah, like you have to like, guess. Like yeah. so, she's holding us. She's keeping us honest. All right, you ready? Right. Yeah. 1927. This film, starring Al Jolson, premiered in New York City, introducing the sound era of the motion jazz pictures. Softball, yeah. Did he get jazz it? Jazz singer. Yeah. Which I think is like, I, when I had film class, it's like one of the first things they teach you. It's the first one they introduced <laughs> sound. Because sound. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. so, you know what? Okay. Yes, you are smart, Rob. We get that. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. I can't pronounce anything, but I can do yeah. I feel like I shouldn't say directors or people who star in things, but in 1960, the American adventure film Blank. Do, what? You already know it? I haven't no. even said anything. Uh, no. I was, <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to leave it at that. <laughs> no. yeah, he, that he thought you were telling us the name of the movie was Blank. No. Uh. The American adventure film Blank, directed by Stanley Kubrick had its world premiere, won several Academy Awards, including Best Supporting Actor for Peter Ustinov. Spartacus? That is correct. I don't even play. I, I didn't want to say Kirk Douglas, starring Kirk Douglas, because I was like, I'm just going to avoid He's saying his away. name. Yeah. Because, all right, this one's a... All right. I'm going to not say a lot about this one. This athlete retired from professional sports saying, I don't have anything else to prove in 1993. I had to make that so vague because. Well, uh, did Jordan. Uh, that's Michael what Jordan I was. Mike, I think Jordan was like 95. I guess he could have retired once. That would be uh, my I'll, guess. I'll yes, his, his Michael first. Jordan retired in 1993 and he yeah. came back in 1995. Yeah. All right, all right. Did he play for the Wizards when he came back? Well, he came back uh, with the Bulls once. And, and then he went more. and played baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I knew he played baseball. Anyone else watch Space Jam? Come on. Oh, my. All right. Here's my last one because, you know. It is. Um, 1892. Sometimes I think going to the 1800s uh, might be good, but he did guess it. So. Yeah, I don't know. In 1892. He guessed some 1600, like 17th yeah. century stuff yeah. last week. So. Right. The English poet, widely regarded as the chief representative of the Victorian age in poetry, blank, died at 83. See? She's just trying to stump you. All right, what was the year again? 1892, he died at the age of 83 in 1892. Uh, the English poet, widely regarded as the chief representative of the Victorian age in poetry. Yates. Poe. Alfred Lord Tennyson. Tennyson. Oh. oh, too bad. You saw me say Tennyson. Don't act like you knew that. Don't act like you, you knew it. You stumped him. I wouldn't have gotten a poet. The minute I heard you, you say poets, so I was like, oh. Well, yeah, but the yeah, thing yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Tennyson is a, like, 
a name people study. So, and Lord knows you've pulled a lot of other things out that I didn't (laughs) think you'd know. So, well, awesome. That wraps up the news for this week. Uh, Thanks for following along with the Arkansas Adcast. We're grateful for you taking the time to watch and or listen and remember you can catch the live stream every thursday 2 p.m on facebook and youtube make sure you set those alerts so you know when we go live listen to the audio version later on itunes spotify and wherever you get your podcasts yeah the arkansas icast is brought to you by the arkansas farm bureau and hosted by me jason brown and me rob anderson and our show is produced this week by the one and only miss jenny higgs you're welcome <laughs> yeah. we'll see you next week welcome back.